Welcome to Below the Line, where we talk about working in Hollywood from the crew perspective. My name is Skid. I'm a former assistant director and your host. Today, we're talking about Our Flag Means Death, the 10-episode series that aired on HBO Max last March. And returning to the podcast is first assistant director, Emily Hogan. Emily, nice to see you again. Good to see you. Thanks for having me back, Skid. Now, a warning for listeners, today's conversation may contain spoilers. Emily, for the benefit of our listeners who maybe are not familiar with what happens on a set, talk briefly about what your job is as the first AD. Sure. Um, So as the first AD, I am in charge of the overall scheduling of an episode, along with assisting with breaking down the script, uh, making sure we're prepared for whatever um, things the director and the showrunner might have in mind uh, during shooting. And then while we're shooting, um, running the set, making sure uh, we make our days and that everybody's on the same page. Now, you were the first AD on episodes two, three, four, and eight and nine. So there's two first ADs that break up a show like this. Going back and forth between filming, or is there something random about those episodes that you were involved in? No, you know, uh, when I took the job, they said, oh, you're going to do those episodes. So a block of three and a block of two. Um, Greg Pollock, who is awesome and wonderful, we had just an amazing department, did the pilot. And then I'm not sure how they decided to do that. So he did the pilot, which makes sense. Then they gave me three. He did two, I did two, and then he did the last one. So it was an interesting breakdown. And I don't know if that was due to director scheduling and availability or how they they chose to come to that way of splitting it up. But that's what we did. <laughs> now, did you do that block of episodes as a block? In other words, all shooting straight through or were there breaks in between for prep between the two, three, and four? No, so we shot uh, two, three, and four together, which was interesting in itself. We were sharing, uh, for those of you who may or may not have seen it, um, we did a lot of stunt casting. So we had some fabulous comedians come in and have these really um, wonderful characters that uh, David Jenkins and the writers um, created. And because of that, sometimes, uh, because these are all incredibly talented and busy people, um, we had very limited windows with them. So that affected scheduling a little bit in terms of even though I was doing two, three, and four, there were crossovers in some of the other episodes. So there was a little bit of sharing going on there, but no. So I prepped three episodes, we shot three straight. And then while I was shooting, Greg prepped his two and then I prepped my next two while he was shooting. I didn't notice when I was watching, did you have separate directors for each of those episodes? So you're working with three directors or one person directed all three? So uh, Nacho Vigalando directed uh, two, three, four, um, and Bert and Bertie uh, directed eight and nine. So yeah, they, they were director blocks. Got it. Now, for production itself, I think one of the interesting things watching this show is that so much of it takes place on boats. How much real boat are you on? How much is built on stage? Like, how did that work from sort of a, like, what's real and what's not? It was all on stage, all of it. Well, all the boat stuff. We did go out uh, for location work, but our incredible art department, um, led by Rob Vincent, and then uh, later in the season by Brad Rubin, created basically a large ship that broke into three pieces on our stage. And uh, that was all of our deck work. And we had a 270 degree LED screen which we utilized to, to be the ocean and uh, special effects had rigged it so that the boat rocked. <laughs> and wow. 
yeah, so uh, we had wind that was going in the sails. We shot all of the sailing stuff on the boat, which was actually rigged by our master rigger, uh, Courtney Anderson, who was wonderful. And he normally works in the tall ships. And I think we flew him in from San Francisco. Um, I think he might've been working at the Maritime uh, Museum there at the time. He was awesome and an incredible source of knowledge. But yeah, so between the uh, LED screens and our working rigging on our ship, that is where we created most of our scene work upon the Revenge. And then we had a couple other boats that our art department built that we would put into our, our LED screen, move out the Revenge, which again, split up into three pieces, which was incredible to see to make room for these other boats. And they would just modify them for different vessels that we had, which was incredible. All of our below deck stuff were um, sets built on our other stages. So Steed's cabin is a set, that whole hallway, the galley, Jim's room, anything that happened beneath our uh, vessel was all built on stage. All of the beach work, most of it was done up in uh, Malibu for the most part and um, other various locations around LA. I mean, there's a lot of exterior work in this show whether it's the beach or when they're on the island or just like stuff that's done outside as well. And so probably a difficult shoot. It was, it was very challenging. And in fact, um, beaches are notoriously difficult to shoot on, especially with tides and everything else. And what's really interesting is, um, so because we were doing this block of three, we had a significant shooting schedule and we were prepping about a month and a half before. And so we went to scout the beach and, uh, Cynthia Pushek, our DP, and Nacho, the director, and I sat there for, you know, four or five hours walking through where all the scenes were going to take place, how we were going to do it, because we were also on a very challenging shooting schedule for the show. And uh, we had it all worked out. And then when we showed up a month and a half later, like six feet of sand had washed away and the beach looked entirely different. And so we were, we had to reblock everything on the day because it was an entirely new landscape than what we had originally looked at. Well, I, can't, I can't imagine. Uh, Brad, who uh, was our art director and then became um, the production designer later in the season, had taken photos of a specific rock in the sand showing the levels. I just add a, you know, not even caution. He was just looking and in, in referencing for later notes. And uh, so he's got the same picture, which we have a before and after, and it's incredible to look at. Now, Emily, did you have any scenes in your episodes like when they're in the rowboats? We did those on stage as well um, with a special effects rig, with our uh, special effects guys hauling the rowboat. All the oars had um, like rubber bands on them to try to give them a little bit of a oomph to it. Um, but yeah, that was all on stage uh, with blue screen and our LED wall. Earlier, you alluded to uh, bringing in all the stunt casting for this and really a, a fantastic troupe of actors uh, on this show. Talk to me more about the cast and how everybody took to it, how, what it was like on set. It was actually amazing. We had just such an incredible cast. I mean, just our main cast itself, I think, was like 13 or 12, um, all huge, incredible actors in their own right. It was interesting because I, I know that David had originally envisioned this um, to be like the office where everybody's always in the workspace. And so we were asking all of these wonderful big name actors to basically be background a lot of the time. And they handled it very gracefully. 
We were very appreciative, but there were always a lot of people to cover in the scene, which was another challenge because we wanted to try to give everybody their due, but also we had to make our days. So <laughs> to their credit, they, they were really wonderful um, with everybody and us in the whole situation. Emily, you talked about all the effort to make the ship uh, film location doing on stage. What other aspects of this were either unique or new to your experience as far as getting this one done? I mean, I think that was the biggest thing. Uh, I had never had the opportunity to work in a LED environment before. Um, so that was a very interesting learning experience and trying to figure out you know, what we could do within that environment. And um, when you're trying to shoot a show, obviously uh, the directors had to do a lot more consideration into the blocking because we only had 270 degrees and it was a huge deal to turn our boat 180 degrees. It was an overnight thing. And so we really had to think about blocking what the best angles were using the LED screen we had. And it's not that uh, if you were doing a reverse and it was off the ship, you couldn't do it, but it was a whole deal because you had to hang green screens, you had to put green everywhere, blue, and it was an entire world that they would have to create and post versus the LED screen, which just became part of our set. So that was really interesting, especially in prep, um, you know, working with the directors and trying to figure out not only creative blocking within the limitations we had to try to limit the amount of visual effects work we had, but to do so in a way that didn't negatively affect the creative and the storytelling um, and limit in a way that would be detrimental to the show. Now, when you talked about being on a tight shooting schedule, how many days did you have for those three episodes in that block? Mm -hmm. uh, I kept asking for more. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think originally we were supposed to have six days per episode. I don't think we ever actually did that. I think they ended up being seven or eight days each, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, it's been about a year. So, but I, I believe on average, I think we were supposed to originally, they had budgeted for six and a half, but I think all of them ended up being at least seven or eight, if I'm not mistaken. The scripts were great and there was just a lot of work. And again, when you're working with so many actors you need to cover and you've got stunts and you've got visual effects and you've got locations and all of this other stuff, I think to really be able to do it justice, um, we found we needed a little extra time. You talked about losing your beach. Were there other scenes or locations that were particularly challenging on this one? Most of my location work was on the beach. So the beach for me was what was most challenging. I know we were shooting this summer and so on some of the other blocks, the heat in LA was definitely a challenge, especially because our actors were wearing all this incredible, beautiful clothing um, made by uh, Christine Wada in our costume department that was all these heavy silks and layers and petticoats and everything else. And they were, you know, it was very hot during that summer and everybody was melting. So that was a bit of a, a challenge as well. But no, overall, you know, I think it was just really getting things done in the very tight schedule we had that was the most challenging piece of it. And you said it was about a year ago when you filmed it. So that put you at the height of COVID protocols as well, right? And having to work under those conditions. 
Yeah, well, it was actually um, when we started filming, uh, we were in the lull after the uh, January, February, March kind of height of COVID. This was before Delta, before Omicron. And so we were kind of in this nice lull as we were getting started. And then as we were working our way through the season, Delta started rearing its ugly head. And so, yes, we did have to deal with the COVID at all a little bit, although we were working much more under normal conditions, fully masked and everything as everybody still is, but much more almost back to pre-COVID, you know, people working together, not shifting, not taking turns, just, and it helped actually that we were on this large open deck because in terms of space, it was the soundstage was what our, um, our room was. And so we had full ventilation up there and everything else, which definitely I think made people feel a little bit better and a little bit safer versus some of our other sets were a little bit more claustrophobic. I can imagine that with COVID concerns about sets that you have to take that into consideration when putting together this like interior boat scenes, you know, that are going to be tighter by nature, but you've got to construct it in a way that you're not taking extra risk. Yeah, exactly. And um, everybody, you know, I think it's just part of the job now that people automatically start taking that into consideration when they're building sets what walls can be pulled? How can we, you know, uh, help make things a little safer, but still keep the feel of the confines of a boat? Now, maybe not specific challenges, but were there scenes that um, were particularly fun that you sort of, even after all this time that you think, yeah, I was really glad I was on set for that? Um, Yeah, actually super fun was when um, the first time Blackbeard comes and rescues Steed. Um, we, there's this whole like pirate battle and, um, Steed is being hanged and then gets cut down. And then we see Blackbeard kind of walk across the boat. That was a lot of fun to shoot. Steve Brown, our stunt coordinator, uh, just was really awesome and choreographing all those things, to the nines. And so we had a really good sense of where everybody was. And, um, yeah, all of those stunt sequences were with these big pirate battles were lots and lots and lots of fun. And tell me a little about working with uh, Taika Waititi, not in a director's role, but where he just gets to act and uh, and how that was on set. Um, he is a force to be reckoned with. Um, no, he's, he's great. He um, has a really interesting process where he just really likes to kind of keep running it and, and really get into the character and, and feel how it goes and just kind of really warm up into it. And, um, he, he just goes with it. I mean, once he's kind of in character, he just keeps it rolling and keeps it moving and, and really, you know, likes to play within the scene. I, uh, I saw him at the DGA Awards once. I got to say hi. I held up in the door to the bathroom when he was leaving, I think, was the extent of our interaction. But uh, yeah, he seemed like a nice guy to me as well. So it's, <laughs> but I've never worked with him on set. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's very cool watching his process. Any other standouts as far as the guest folks that came in for some of the smaller parts? Or did you have Will Arnett in 8 and 9? Or was that... Uh... I did. I had Will Arnett. Um, and we actually only had, I think, four or five days with him. Um, he had a very small window. And uh, yeah, just total professional, total pro. Just nailed it. And he and Taika got along very, very well. And so it was really interesting to kind of see them create that relationship between the two of them. Speaking of relationships, this show was well received by the LGBT plus community. 
yes, it's been exceptionally well received and it's been so lovely to see the outpouring of support. Um, I think on set, we just, it just was part of the story. You know, we were just shooting relationships the way that you would shoot any relationship on any other show and the characters were just free to uh, to be who they were, which was just really lovely. And I think that is a large part of why um, people have responded so well to it. Well, I know the show is getting a second season. Do you know anything about season two? I know that they're shooting it in New Zealand, which is very exciting. Um, but that is all I know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know if you're making that trip or uh, you've probably moved on to other be. things by then? <laughs> They have a couple ADs in New Zealand, I guess. They can find some local folks. They have some fabulous ADs in New Zealand, <laughs> and I'm sure they will have a blast with it. So, All right. Well, we're going to watch for it either way. Emily, on that note, we're going to call it a wrap. Great having you here. Thank you so much. It's been fun. Listeners, I always appreciate your feedback. You'll find my contact info on our website, below the line, one word, dot biz. That's B-I-Z. You'll also find past episodes and links to all of our social media. Emily, where else can we see your work? Are there things that are coming out soon or things that are out now? Um, Mythic Quest is in three. Uh, should be out this fall. And uh, I'm currently uh, working on uh, season two of Sex Lives of College Girls. So that will uh, be out later this year as well, I believe, too. We'll keep an eye out for both. And Emily, hope to see you again soon. Thanks for being here. Indeed. Thanks for having me. My closing credits, thanks to Curtis Five for our music, John Juan for our logo, and to all of our listeners, I appreciate you. Please rate us wherever you get your podcasts and share us with your friends. Thanks again from Below the Line.